Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, the last one of the regular season. And that is not to imply that there is a postseason in the Padres' uh, immediate future. But uh, to say we will sporadically throughout the offseason, certainly early, and then as a manager search goes on, manager is hired, offseason moves, that sort of thing. Jay Poser and I will be back. I am Kevin Acey, the Padres beat writer. I am in Phoenix for a three-game series that evidently the schedule requires that these two teams, the Padres and Diamondbacks, play. My boss, sports editor of the Union Tribune, Jay Posner. Uh, Jay, I guess we're, we're here where we don't need to talk about this series so much as uh, where the Padres are and where they might go. I wonder, since I always defer to you and your wisdom, where should we start? Well, that's that's a pretty good idea. I, I think we should start with the idea that there was really no way to just cancel this weekend, and <laughs> save save you a flight and and th- and three nights in a hotel and all that uh, all that stuff. I guess I guess it's your last chance to enjoy uh, to enjoy room service uh, <gasps> for uh, for the weekend. So enjoy uh, enjoy that, and uh, I, I guess you'll have to pay attention at least a little bit. To the games, and then I would say you would be in a vast minority of of even Padre followers that would uh, you would really really have to be hardcore to be uh, to be watching this weekend. I would think or in or in firm, and uh, yes. and, and if you yes. are, good luck to you. And I hope that Eric Lauer's uh, you know uptick in velocity is enough to, to give you just a little lift uh, tonight. And then Garrett Richards uh, uh, closing out his uh, season, such as it is, mm-hmm. which is a springboard to next season. And I don't know, I don't mind starting there with the rotation. I'm, I'm sitting down to write this. Uh, this position by position assessment of the Padres, where they're at, where they might be, and 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 I'm in the paper this week uh, or in, on Sunday, Bryce Miller will have a column uh, talking about uh, what Jay. I don't want to give you a spoiler, but it is uh, how far away the Padres are from the Dodgers, who everyone is chasing. And then I'm going to have this look, and and next week we'll have some more things looking back on the season and obviously paying it forward. I am starting. I go uh, position by position, and I go, you know, how it is one, two, three. So okay. I'm starting with the pitchers. Okay. And honestly, I think I was about to write a line something like you know this is where the Padres have the most optimism that they can make the biggest leap they believe they closed the gap with certain starting pitchers as in the ones that are going to be back for sure Denelson Lamette Chris Paddock Garrett Richards next year they like that as their top three they're going to try and add someone else and make that a top four which I, in my opinion would be pretty you know that'd be not anything to where we could go oh no this team isn't a contender you know, where in years past we've said, ah, oh, man, that pitching, that's a big if. If they had those three guys and, and someone else, a, you know, a Weaver from the Mets, Syndergaard, who I do believe they'll make another run at, uh, man, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say at that point, I, I'm not sure I would be ready to declare them a contender, but what I would say is the reason that they would not be contenders would not be the rotation. And, and this year, that was definitely almost the prime reason when they went into the mm-hmm. season why you would say, uh, and, and, and I said all along, that this team was not going to contend and was not going to be better than, could nowhere near be better than 500 because of the rotation. Next year is completely different with the obvious caveat that you're counting on guys who have been hurt in the past, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're going to get hurt again. I mean, Lamette has, has shown very well over half a season. Uh, Paddock obviously went through uh, went through an entire season this year and Garrett Richards uh, I guess if there was any reason to pay attention this weekend it would be Richards start uh, tomorrow night and um, 
I like his. It's funny to watch him, the, especially that starting Milwaukee, the competitiveness that mm-hmm. he showed and how upset he was uh, after, you know, getting beat by Corey Spangenberg, of all people. Uh, but again, if you have those three guys and, and even if you if those were your top three, I don't think that would be terrible. But the, it would be better for the Padres, obviously, to add another sort of top of the rotation guy. Yeah. And then you're talking about four guys that all have all have great ability, have, sh- have shown that they can get it done at this level. Uh, you still would expect improvement from Paddock, obviously. You'd expect improvement from Lamette. Um, and y- then you'd have, you know, as far as a fifth spot or guys that would be fill-ins when the inevitable injuries happen because you're not going to have five guys, you know, all make 32 starts or whatever uh, it would need to be. And then you'd have, you know, depending on trades, but possibility of guys like Lucchese and Lauer and Quantrill. And uh, I'm sure I'm even forgetting uh, – a couple others, yeah. Jacob, Jacob Nix. I mean, you know, any number, yeah. Michelle Baez, who knows what the plans are for him. I mean, some of those guys I'm sure are going to get, or not all these people we're talking about are going to be on the roster uh, next year. But yeah, I, I would say the rotation as structured with those three guys and then the other guys I mentioned at the back end would be, you know, one of the team's strengths and add a, add a cinder guard or a wheeler or whoever you want. Uh, off of another off another team and uh sure that's a pretty good that's a pretty good place to start for a team that you know i i think times i mean we could say this times up in terms of the rebuild you know they need to contend in 2020 i think the fans uh most of the fan base is rightly tired of of hearing about you know next year and this is not to say they're going to win the west next year because they're not uh, at least i you know i certainly wouldn't predict them to to beat the Dodgers anytime soon but that doesn't mean they can't contend for a wild card and can't be relevant throughout the season and have a win total uh you know that starts with an eight instead of a a seven or six which we've seen for so long so I think the simplest way to put it Jay and thank you for gently uh correcting me Wheeler not Weaver I had Weaver on the brain for reasons that aren't important uh anyway uh but anyway (laughs) here the easiest way to say what the improvement would be is you'd be flipping the rotation. Your number five starter is going to be maybe this year's opening day starter, you know, Correct. Eric Lauer. Right. Or now they knew going in that Chris Paddock was going to be their best, you know, consistent guy, full season uh, starter. But they but weren't sure was, how he was going to hold up right. over a full season. Right. So, so your top of your rotation was Lucchese and Lauer, and one of those guys is, is going to be. If they're if things go according to plan, and you know it's easier said than done when you're trying to add a top of the rotation pitcher, mm-hmm. but that's going to be the bottom of the rotation now. And you know what? That's important. If you're if your guy who is your number four or five is going ten and ten and is giving you 160 innings uh, like a Lucchese, you, you might be a, you might be a pretty good team. Yeah, uh, I don't if that's think that's your number one guy. Right. Eh. Right. I mean, <laughs> Lucchese finished with an ERA just over four, knocked that down by, I don't know, a third of a run, a half a run, uh, something like that. And, and uh, things look different. And especially if, as you said, if he's your number five starter next year. And, and again, he might not even be that. I mean, Cal Quantrill showed very well for uh, a couple mm-hmm. months right after the break. So it, there, there's going to be, hey, if you're going to have a competition for one spot in the rotation, and it's going to be Lucchese and Lauer and Quantrill and as I said, maybe a Jacob Nix or or some somebody from somebody else uh, off of the minors or something. That that's a good spot to be in. That's a lot different than this year, where 
basically almost every game was started by someone who was in either their first or second year uh, in the big leagues. And, you know, the one, maybe the exception was, uh, was a guy like Garrett Richards, who, you know, for all intents and purposes is kind of starting over. It's not like, oh, we have this veteran who made a bunch of starts for us. So, yeah, yeah I think the rotation, count. yeah, I think the rotation obviously should be much, much better next mm-hmm. year. And that's a really good uh, place to start. Now, what about the, uh, what about the bullpen? Kirby Yates has one year left under has, team control. And, um, one year left under team control. So and, they'll try to buy out the arbitration. And when I say try, you know, that's what they'd like. They have to come to an agreement with Kirby Yates, uh, maybe get uh, a two-year deal. I would imagine his side would push for three, right? right uh, and then right. that's how it goes, and we'll, we'll see. Um, I do believe that, uh, you know, Kirby, be- Kirby absolutely meant uh, what he told me uh, last week, which was, you know, the team's ability to – contend in his eyes will play a part but also Kirby Yates will be 33 he's uh, you know fairly realistic about things these guys retire at 35 you figure you got another 35 or 40 years on earth you <laughs> you know you're gonna if the Padres make him a nice offer Kirby is gonna be a Padre I'm a, uh, this is you know what I see over knowing Kirby a little bit and then you know over the years that that's what it comes down to plus he is excited about things that he sees here Kirby Yates Andres Munoz Bet the farm. Matt Strom, if you want to bet the farm, go ahead. He's a very important, versatile piece that can mm-hmm. be really excellent for them. But he also could be a trade piece. Okay? Right, right. So, you know, but Andres Munoz, you have the eighth and ninth inning locked down is, is what you're thinking right now. Everything else in that bullpen – open man and and what they missed this year when Aaron Loop got hurt, when uh, Jose Castillo got hurt, they they need to find veterans. Now Craig Stammen, I don't know. There are signs he's not going to be back. Um, there's also a really good argument. Craig Stammen could be a mop-up guy. He could be a sixth-inning guy, seventh-inning guy. He could be a very capable eighth-inning guy. If Andres Munoz went on the IL or was unavailable, having pitched you know three days in a row. Right. Uh, th- but if it's not Craig Stammen, they can't just be like, oh, Trey Wingen or Gerardo Reyes, yes, uh, <laughs> David Bednar. Hey, by the way, I would put David Bednar just under Matt Strom in terms of that guy's going to be here, all right? But they have three, four spots, uh, at least three, where one's going to be a veteran, and then, you know what? These young guys, uh, they'll have to, we'll have to see. Is it uh, Trey Wingener is not what a lot of people think he is. He's, he's a rookie, all right? And he's been very good. Gerardo Reyes can't throw strikes. I, I don't know. I think the Padres have lost a lot of, uh, you know, be- belief right there. Uh, I don't know who I'm leaving out, Jay. But... Well, I think that's a lot of areas where, you, I mean, you're not, you know, guys like Perdomo, uh, Earl, mm-hmm. Robbie Erlin, uh was always uh, always the forgotten guy uh, back there, usually by me. But I, Perdomo's I think, an interesting piece. Yeah, but I, I think the guys, again, we don't know who's going to be around. We don't know who's going to be traded. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be floored if Kirby Yates was traded. Just you know, at some point, maybe not at the start of the season, but d- during the season. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it's likely. But I, I don't think there's a lot that would surprise me right now in terms of of who the Padres are willing to deal. You know, you can't just say we're going to keep all our good pieces and and try to trade away. Uh, you know, Luis Perdomo and Trey Wingenter and, and get back a starting outfielder or something like that. No, nope. uh, nope. You know, the same thing with uh, we'll, we can move on to the catchers. Look, any of those guys could be trade bait, but 
what are you going to, you know, it was funny, a guy across from me at the game the other night asked me, uh, Hedges or Mejia, you know, which one would you trade? And I said, how much are you going to get for either one? I will say this. There is a trade market for Austin Hedges. There, because there's a trade market for him, but what is that? It's trade? it's pretty he's, it's pretty good if he's packaged. That's my understanding well, pack, because exactly. his defense is is just off the charts. And just like the Padres have always said, if we didn't have four holes in the lineup, we could afford to carry Austin Hedges because he's that valuable defensively as a leader, as a handler of the pitching staff. Austin Hedges. I, is is absolutely gigantic trade bait. He also is a guy who could be around if they can fix the other, you know, problems in their lineup, which I guess you could say about a whole bunch of guys. Well, I mean, can can they go into a season with Mejia and Hedges as the catchers again? I, I Jay, I, I just don't think that they think they can. Okay. Um, now, what's the solution there? Because you know, if Mejia goes to another team, there that team's probably moving him to the outfield. Right, right. Because that's what everyone, except the Padres, seem to think <laughs> Mejia is. And I'm and not. Heck, convi- I'm not maybe convinced the Padres will. And I'm not even convinced that he's. And I guess you know we haven't seen it. We saw it for a stretch this year where he got hot uh, and hit. But I, I'm still not convinced that he's going to be how good he's going to be as a major league hitter. Um, <gasps> Okay, well, he had a 320 on base percentage, and I, I mean, I forget what the OPS, but it was, it was okay. Right, that's what and I mean. It, it was, was okay, okay and showed signs, but I'm just not convinced. It doesn't mean it can't happen. And right. given, you know, given if he could stay healthy and how and get 400 or 500 at bats in a season, I guess we would find out. Unfortunately, we weren't able to find that out this year. Um, so it, it it's definitely a risk to go forward with those two guys. Uh, and I don't know what they make of of Austin Allen's or Luis Torrens or I mean Camposano wouldn't be ready yet, uh, but you know that's no. another guy that could any of those guys could be part of a mm-hmm. trade tr- part of a trade package. Uh, there might be a team that loves Camposano after the improvement he showed this year uh, down in the minors. So there's a couple teams that over the past couple years have shown interest in Austin Hedges, uh, the Astros, the uh, Rays. Well. Those teams could probably fit Austin Hedges into their lineup and absorb him. Oh no, yeah, no question. I mean, uh, he could he could work in a lineup like the Astros. Uh, you know, he could work in a lineup like the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they need him. I mean, they've got Will Smith uh, as Man. a as a young guy. So how much anyway. better would he make Verlander, Cole, and Granky? Wow! Right, right. So I mean, there, there's a whole there there are lineups that are good enough, you know, to absorb. Someone like like Hedges. I'm just, as we said, not sure. Mm-hmm. This is one. Uh, we go on to <laughs> we go on to first base. Uh, Eric Hosmer was better this year, offensively, uh, at until least in, at least until recently. So I don't know how much better his final numbers are going to look. Uh, you know, his he's still not the has still not been quite the offensive player that we saw a couple times in Kansas City. Uh, I, I thought his defense this year was was most was mediocre at best. Made a few you know decent plays, but I, I just expect would expect better. It's I, I've never had much respect for for the Gold Glove awards, and and I have even less respect for them uh, after seeing that Hosmer has won four of them. Now maybe he was really that good before, but he you know I, I've seen a lot of first basemen come through here that have been a lot better than him. 
uh, that didn't win for that didn't win Gold Gloves. So you know, but hey, he's the Padres' first baseman. I mean, he's not. Uh, that's that's the commitment they made a couple of years ago, and and I, I don't think there's anything uh, anything that's going to change that. Do you? No, I don't even think that we, with all that we have to talk about, we he's the guy. We can debate it, and we probably will, right? Because there's <laughs> lots of time left to do it. But that's your first baseman. Let's move on to uh, second base. Where is it that important of a position? Well, that's something the Padres have to decide because the shine is off Luis Urias. Uh, that's a that's a decent guy that, again, another one, and I don't think it'll be the last time I say it here or, or again, is they could absorb Luis Urias. He needs to make some changes in his swing. That's, I mean, everyone has uh, noted that, and his weaknesses are obvious. He is a much better second baseman than shortstop, but he is a guy who can when you need to give rest outside of the yips he had there for about a week. He's a guy who can give, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. a spell, and but... Do they want better there? They certainly do want better there with their need in the outfield and and at, and at pitcher and possibly at catcher. Will they decide that you know we're going to go with Luis Urias? Uh, that I don't know. But there are definite you know it's this is not your second baseman of the future that is going to be hitting uh, second in your lineup. No, but to me that's that's a relatively low priority for this yes. team. Would you agree? Based on everything yes, else you just mentioned, uh, yeah, I, I think that they can afford to go into a season with him and then you know either even if you stayed with a Garcia or a France as your second uh as your utility guy uh I thought Urias was was fine at shortstop I mean he did have that one one week where you know he made I think it was like five errors in eight games or something didn't didn't look good at all but uh looked you know I was there yesterday thought he had a really good game at at shortstop uh, as a as a backup, I think he'd be fine there. And if he's your starting second baseman, I don't think it's the end of the world as long as you have improved the positions that we are identifying as much higher priorities. Uh, he is. That's kind um, of where that's kind of where I am on yes. that. But I think they can. I think they can live with that and live with him. You know, batting seventh or eighth in the lineup and playing and playing solid defense at second and and being a good. Uh, a good backup for Tatis, who's never, you know, I don't, you're never going to have Tatis play 162 games. Yes. I mean, he's always going to have something uh, that's going to cause him to miss a few games. So, I, th- again, so they can live with Urias. Is the, the thing that would concern me a little bit about some of the other guys in the minors is that here's a guy who was considered like the Padres' number two prospect, um, you know, where, where like guys like Gore and Tatis have been number one, Urias was two or three, and he's come up and you're thinking, wow, if this guy's number two or three, can we count much on the guys below him? So that that's just, you know, we don't have the time to get into that too much today, right. but that that's a little Oops. bit of something that was sort of in the back of my head that I wanted to mention. Well, absolutely, and the Padres, I don't know that the Padres, and I tried to mention this several times, I don't know the Padres had him as high as everybody else did, and they've been getting on him about the swing forever. And finally, it's like, well, great, you know what? Come on up, and, and, and we'll see. How, how's that going to play here? And, and you know, He's making some little changes. Uh, there's a difference uh, of opinion in the organization as to what you do with, with Urias and how much you can live with him. There's one more thing I want to say is that I believe that if the Padres, and I know that this is this is coming from other players. This is not me because I'm not important. This is coming from other players. If the Padres believe that they are contenders in 2020. Mm-hmm. Not what you and I believe, but the Padres do. Right. Greg, Greg Garcia is on the roster. 
That's, you know, is that a, is that a make or break? No. But Greg Garcia is a really good player to have on your roster. Yeah, I wouldn't dispute that at all. I, I, I thought he was, I, I thought he did well this year in, in the role that he was asked to play. Uh, you know, he did well on a, on they a, don't have guys like that. Right. I mean, it's um, who are you asking to go up? And now this is relative. I mean, and you, you you wouldn't say this on a on a on a playoff team likely, uh, but on the Padres, if you've got a guy on uh, second or third base and you need a hit, who are you sending up? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Greg Garcia is probably my vote. <laughs> and, well, that no, wouldn't I mean, be look, that wouldn't be good considering they committed over no. five hundred million dollars to three players that you. That's would, what I mean, you, no, you, I, but uh, just saying that. That's all I'm saying is, uh, you know, that uh, we don't need to get into the bad stuff that says that's simply my compliment to Greg Garcia. Uh, no, I so mean, anyway. look, he he had a I think his WAR is at one point four right now. His his adjusted OPS is just below a hundred. You know, which is which is league average. Uh, so you know, I, and that's I, in is 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 not is OPS um, plus is that a, or adjusted OPS is that that's a counting stat, right? I mean, here's a guy who played fewer than a hundred games. Um, no, that's relative to what okay. He, that's relative to what he played. So okay, uh, but he was he was fine. I mean, his you yeah, know, that's right. His slugging percentage, but look, he has a three sixty seven on base percentage. How many Padres can say that? That's I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the and, thing. And he gets he he goes up there. He gets on base. He has an idea. He can play def- He can play. He's not a he's not awful defensively. He's not good, but he's, he's not, gotten he's, better. He's gotten better. He's serviceable. Look, he had a career high this year. Uh, it's the first time. He's over 300 at bats this year. He had he had never had even 300 plate appearances mm-hmm. in the big leagues, and he held up. And look, you know he wants to be here uh, as a uh, as a as a local guy. He's thir- he's 30 years old. I no, I I would heartily endorse having Greg Garcia on a on a team as a utility yes. player. That's so. good. I'm glad you said it. We don't need. I don't need to go in and justify right. what I've said. That's it. Yep. A utility player. Uh, um, all right. Shortstop, uh, Jay. Well, we'll, if you're we'll just stay go with six the one, two, and then five. If you're going to stay with the one, two, three, okay. we'll, we'll go with Machado. Same thing as Hosmer, but, but same, we should probably spend a little more time since it was three hundred million dollars and it was his first year. Right, and I would say that for four months, uh, I, I thought he was what pretty much what he was, what he was, or he was what he was supposed to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe just slightly less power than I would have. Uh, Maybe thought, but the the numbers, you know, through the first couple days of August, were yes. were very good and certainly something. And when you combine it with his defense, um, and I and I thought that he was basically a model citizen. Uh, you didn't hear a whole lot about you know issues coming up. Certainly not on the field. Um, I, I thought for four months he was you know he was what we thought we were getting. Uh, we meaning fans and people watching the team. Not that I'm ever would say I'm part of the team or even want to be, uh, just to put that there. But the last two months, and I, f- I forget the numbers that I sent you yesterday, but uh, he was terrible in August and after the first couple of days of August, and he was even worse in September. And I guess what what do we read into that? I I think that in the organization it was wholly predictable that if they were out of it this is what they could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Will they expect more? Do they hope that the next manager, well, will they demand that the next manager, and when I say demand, they will get a guy who comes in and says this was unacceptable. Um that, you know, they know who Manny is. Uh that be 
you know, to expect him to be leader and the bastion, uh, the pillar of society. I'm not bashing him. I'm saying he, he is what he is. He's an amazingly gifted player, but there is a, a certain amount of uh, respect you have to have for the team and the game, and you have to carry that out uh, as long as you can. And there was disappointment in the organization of what happened in the last couple months. Um, Manny Machado is the kind of guy who can sort of shut it down and still be a respectable major leaguer. That's how incredibly talented he is. These last two months were a month and a half unacceptable right. to, uh, to, to the Padres. Right. Uh, that, hey, that is what it is. Let's not overreact to that. That's what, is what it is. He's not the only guy in there. He does happen to be the only $300 million man in yeah. there. I mean, you would, uh, right. you, would have expected, you would have expected more. So obviously, going forward, they need what they got from the first four months, and, and obviously even a little bit more would, would help. But that's mm-hmm. what they need going forward. Uh, what they need out of the shortstop next year is more than 84 games, which is, I think, what the final total was. Yes. Uh, for Fernando Tatis Jr. He was easily their best player. He was the most exciting player. I still don't think he would have won Rookie of the Year, although it would have been close. Alonzo having over 50 home runs would have been yeah. pretty hard for voters to ignore. But who knows what Tatis would have done in the last six or seven weeks as well. But beyond that, that's it, it, that's meaningless anyway. Uh, he, was, he was special, and I, I guess the only – you know, the only question about him really is, can he stay healthy? Because this is this is two years in a row now that uh, once in the minors and once in the majors, where you know he suffered an injury in the in the summer that knocked him out, or at least kept him to the point where they there was no reason to rush him back because of their circumstance. But right. sort of a long term injury uh, has has cost him the last two years. But you know, look, when he plays, there's there's no one I'd rather watch on the field. And that, I say, would be the only thing. The reason that we could say that after one year is the way that he got better, the way that he adjusted, the way that his weaknesses, you know, were exposed, the few that there are, and he, you know, was able to bounce back right away. There is no question of the talent and the uh, the baseball ability of, because those two things can be different, uh, you know, his ability as a player. Uh, it is, that's why it was laughable i don't mean that as an insult but it was typical naivete of youth where uh fernando tatis jr said that he would not be changing the way he plays yes he will not the way he plays when a game's on the line in the first inning and all the things that make him special but the little things that you do in meaningless innings uh at the end of games Uh, and certainly the Padres will pick and choose where to play this guy and when to pull him out um but but you don't go 100 percent every second you just don't you just don't now there's a there's a uh, there's a balance between manny machado <laughs> and and, <laughs> right. and fernando tatis jr right. but the veterans knew this isn't me saying this this is coaches this is his uh former manager this is people in other organizations and this is veteran players saying there will be because Every player adjusts to how they survive, and that's a huge part of being a really good major leaguer is learning how to survive a major league season. Right, that's and, it. Right, and they need to, you know, a situation where if he plays 130 games or whatever, you know, if he misses, I think if you miss one game a week, you're in about 135 territory, uh, something like that. So that's that's where they need. They don't need. You're not going to get 162. Uh, out of Tatis that shouldn't be the goal the goal should be 
to give him a day. 145. Give him a day. 145 would be fine. I would, Like I said, 135 means one game a week. If you get up to 145, that's even better. But that's the sort of range that I would think um, that you would want to get out of uh, out of him. I'm and not- let's be honest, he has to prove that he can that he can do that. I mean, that he can mm-hmm. play that many games uh, in a season. So I'm not second guessing them because they were they were very careful with them. But there was a point where until Manny passed it at one time, when he came back, they were very careful with him. Remember how people were ripping him? Why isn't Tatis playing? Um, yeah, and they were exactly. very careful. But then he went on a stretch, and I believe it was the middle of June to his injury, uh, or maybe it was yeah, middle of June to his injury, late June. 48 games, 48 games in a row he started. Right, and that shouldn't that shouldn't happen right. and that's on the, and again that's that's on the organization uh to be smarter. And they learn to be too. Smarter than Everybody that. learns. Right. 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 So, there you go. Well, speaking of the organization and having to do things, positions 7, 8 and 9 mm-hmm. right now. Is there any I like that you're going to take those together because they play off each other. They do and that and that's the thing. I mean, when you you've got just to mention some, you have Will Myers, who's a case all by himself. You've written a lot about him. We've <laughs> talked about him a lot. I don't think we have to spend that much time on him today because we've spent so much time on him previously. Will Myers is going to make a lot of money. Is he tradable? Who knows? If he is, how much money are you going to have to eat? Are you going to just eat it anyway? How much can you count on Will Myers? It's all a gigantic mystery to everyone, including Will Myers. Um, Manuel Margot, Hunter Renfro, uh, Franchi Cordero, Josh mm. Josh Naylor, uh, Nick Martini, uh, Nick Martini. I, I'm not even going to really throw Travis Jankowski in there because he's not. I, I'm talking about who are going to who are the starters and where are you going to find impact players? Because right now, the Padres don't really have a difference made. The one the thing I wanted to mention: the Padres need difference makers. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a difference maker. Manny Machado when he's Manny Machado, is a difference maker. There are not a lot of other difference makers on this team. Eric Hosmer can be sometimes. Hunter Renfro was for a while this year. Is there anyone else that's a difference maker on this team? And that's where, uh, outside of the pitching staff, that's where the Padres need to improve. They need to have guys that, that when they, we've talked about this before, when they come up, you better be in your seat because you don't know what's going to happen. And most of the time this year, what you saw was somebody striking out. If they get one quasi-difference maker, all right, if they get one guy Mm -hmm. in the outfield that's like that, okay, that, let's say, Will Myers for one month here and one month there. (laughs) If they get a guy like that in the outfield, then Manuel Margot and Hunter Renfro, it changes their reality. It changes when they can play, which type of pitchers they face. It makes them seem better overall to everyone when really they're just still the same players that can only do what they do but aren't asked to do it against pitchers who they have virtually no chance of succeeding against. Right, right. So that's where I was happy that you took it, seven, eight, nine. It's like they were unable slash unwilling to, and it takes all parties, to complete a trade in the off se- or in the, the season uh, before the trade deadline for an impact outfielder. Based on what other teams were asking for, where the Padres were at, like, is it really worth it for us to do this uh, now? Uh, they knew as, as well as you and I did uh, that this year wasn't the year. 
but now it's the search is on for for that that player and probably a left-handed bat <laughs> because it's sort of ridiculous how they haven't had that. Right. So that changes everything. Me, uh, Manuel Margot uh, could be a valuable trade piece to some teams because as, as I've talked about before. That guy has some incredible strengths and some incredible weaknesses. And maybe another team says, we can use Manuel Margot. We can put him in the right positions. Right, right. So, I, I would there. say that that getting that guy that you just talked about, to me, that's their top priority. To me, that's bigger than even that's even bigger than a starting pitcher right now because they need a guy who's out there for 140 or 150 games a year making a difference. And that's the based on the road the the situation and and where they have guys at certain positions outfield i mean unless you were going to get a a catcher and they missed out on real muto so there's really nobody else i would think that's in that category so they need an outfielder that can be a difference maker that's where they need to find somebody and and i would i don't know if you agree but i would make that their highest priority in the offseason I believe it was their highest priority. I mean, Noah Syndergaard gets the, you know, and that was for real, and the Mets just weren't really willing to deal based on what they were asking for. Uh, outfield was where they had their their hand in the most different possible trades, and it turned out they went because they weren't willing to part with some guys, uh, They and they went with... Taylor Trammell because that's the future and hey that is the kind of player we want left-handed bat on base blah blah for the future they also but they had many other things some I know about some I don't that Uh they were trying to get major league outfielders and so I believe that's going to be a renewed and kind of tweaked effort where they're willing to give up more because they have to give up more to get that player for next year. That became painfully obvious. They had to trade Fran Mil Reyes. That was not the answer. But um, you know, him being gone showed <laughs> that no one else here is the obvious answer. And I'm a huge Hunter Renfro guy. And Hunter Renfro deserves a lot of credit for certain improvements he's made, especially in the field. And I think you're going to look up at the end of the year and take a guy who hits 35 homers. Um, but, you know... <laughs> you can't have a guy who had uh, the, the second half of the season he had, and we'll find out next year, won't we, as far as how much of it had to do with injury. Um, exactly. So, so, uh, so Nick Martini, what he, all he showed him was, hey, look at that left-handed bat that uh, has plate discipline and can get on base. Um, that's not their answer. Is that a guy who could be in their outfield? Sure, at, at certain times. He's not a Travis Jankowski replacement. Um, because he doesn't have uh, speed and he's not really good defensively. Um, so that's not an answer there. I, I'm fascinated by the fact that this guy came in and he's one of their best hitters um, in terms right. of the way that he goes about his at-bats, but he's not your starting left fielder for, you know, 150. Um, Josh Naylor, trade piece? Uh, that is absolutely a possible trade piece because, man, that kid works so hard. But when you're built like him, when you, you know – Look, there's there's uh, there's some limitations that you can have uh, that you have in the outfield. So it's a huge trade piece for someone who maybe needs a, a first baseman or a designated hitter. Right, right. And then I mean, who knows? Again, Franchi Cordero, you can't count on Gosh. him. But man, if he could if he could be healthy and and uh, and be out there, I mean, we've seen the we've seen the talent he has. We just don't know uh, what to make of it. So, oh, um, so so amazing. It really is, yeah. but you. Um, here's something that uh, contenders cut down on ifs. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's the thing they need. You know, they need to they need to be contenders next year, and so that in that case, they need to fill some of these positions 
not with ifs, but with, you know, I mean, look, you're not going to have a lot of certainties, but they need a lot, a lot more near certainties than they do, uh, than they do question marks. So anyway, we spent about 40 minutes here going through that. We didn't even, that was fun. We didn't even, it was, and we didn't even touch on the fact that they're, oh yeah, they're searching for a new manager. So that was fun too, actually, because, you know. (laughs) Right. So we'll deal because, yeah, it, because no matter who they bring in, as we talked about, uh, last week, uh, or I guess it was just at the beginning of this week, um, feels like a long time ago, that it's not going to make a whole lot of difference who the manager is if they don't get some better players uh, right now. And so that's why I think it's more important to uh, to go through the roster like that and talk about players. And there's there's still time to talk about the manager, and it would all be speculation at this point. Uh, anyway, informed speculation, to be sure. I'm not knocking you at all, Kevin. Uh, but it would be uh, it would be speculation. But uh, so we'll we'll save that for another day. We'll let you get back to uh, to writing. We'll have that those stories online. Hopefully later today, uh, when people are hearing this, they can then go on and read what you wrote about the position by position. They can read Bryce's column. Uh, you'll have more on the weekend, the uh, final weekend of the regular season, and then we will get back on the podcast. Uh, maybe next week. Maybe a couple weeks. At some point, we'll get back on here and we'll uh, we'll talk about what's uh, what's going on with the team. Excellent. Thank you, everybody.